Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show, the best Reddit show on the internet. Today, we're going into episode 181 and bringing you some fresh, hot goss and brilliant stories off the slab at r slash malicious compliance. Our first story today, posted by you slash ancient ice, tried to scam a free upgrade, gets an upgrade to the worst room possible. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Little backstory. Years ago, I worked at a hotel located right on the beach. So many people always come in and try to run the scam to be upgraded to beachfront all the time. Please note, if you have thought about how to scam someone, there's probably a lot of other people who have already tried before you. Front desk staff are not stupid idiots who don't know how to read when the customer's full of crap. Again, as this hotel is beachfront, there are three types of rooms available. Beachfront, obviously the most expensive, side, and then city view, which is cheapest as some don't want to spend the extra money for a view. Working the graveyard shift one night, I see someone booked a city view room. As we're all dead, front desk staff can do free upgrades if they choose. I see this reservation and think, hey, I'll be nice and give them a free upgrade to the side and book them into a room on the ninth floor. The ninth floor is the highest we have, except the tenth floor, which is the penthouse level. I move the customer over closest to the beach. The customer is going to have a great view. The customer walks in, immediately tells me he has a beachfront view room booked. Now for those that do not work in a hotel, no one ever says this. They always say, I have a room reserved. So immediately, I know the customer is lying. I say, sorry sir, you booked a city view room. The jerk customer tells me no, he booked a beachfront, and I explain that a beachfront will be more expensive. Jerk customer then replies that no, he was quoted this much and that's what he will pay. Enter malicious compliance. I tell him, okay, I can upgrade you to the side. Jerk customer replies with, that is acceptable. This is strike two now, I truly know he's lying. As if he truly booked a beachfront, this would not have been acceptable. I change his room to the second floor, the closest to the city as I can make it. This room was absolutely the worst room we had and the last one we ever used. The only time someone got booked into the room was when we sold out and no other choices were available. Instead of seeing a beach, he now has a wonderful view of our generator. The boss comes in early that morning. I explain that if he gets a complaint from a jerk customer, this is what happened. 
I told him the room number that I was going to put him in. The boss says, wow, you were being incredibly nice. As I finish telling him the story, the boss asks, so where did you put him? The boss knows I would never be nice to a jerk, as I had a reputation for malicious compliance on many occasions. I tell B the room number and he immediately knew what I did to the jerk customer and falls out of his chair laughing hard. Boss says, this is why I keep you around. Entertainment value. No one but you would ever have thought to do that to a jerk customer. Boss continues saying, Best part is he thinks he scammed us and screwed himself. If jerk customer would have just shut up, he would have had a great room. Now he's got the worst room possible. Boss tells me later that jerk customer never did come down to complain. Moral of the story. If you're going to be a jerk, I will gladly give you a jerk upgrade. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Our next story is in from Storyteller Eclipse. Fine, I won't be captain. You pleasant people of the internet are going to need some backstory here, and I apologize, but it's long. In my high school days, I participated in both short-distance running in track and field and long-distance running in cross-country. Another long story short, the coaches of both teams played favorites, and I was handed the short straw time and time again. It was kind of bad in track and field, but it was even worse in cross country. My first two years, I had a coach in cross country that made the juniors and seniors the favorites, regardless of their skill and effort, and for the most part ignored and disregarded the work of the freshmen and sophomores. Though a flawed system, I realized that I would be her favorite eventually if I stayed with the program to be a junior and senior and maybe, finally, get some support and acknowledgement to help fuel my efforts in the team. Well, the title of coach switched hands, and when I became a junior, my coach quit and the coach of the boys team merged our girls team with the boys team. Shit out of luck for the girls in my year, I guess, but this coach at least did things a little differently and gave more support to the other girls that were actually putting in work and cracked down on the lazy seniors, juniors from last year, that were used to getting all of the praise for doing nothing because of the way the last coach ran things. This new coach, however, let's call him Coach D, lacked prior information about the team and how it functioned. There was another problem I had in cross country that was remedied a little bit with my old coach. I was socially excluded from the team because of a dumb, fake-it-till-you-make-it mindset that most of the people in my area followed. If there was a problem, they just pretended it didn't exist and just hoped it would somehow fix itself. I didn't follow this mindset and had a struggling social life in general because of it. When I was upset, I'd show it and try to fix what was causing it, which was a social no-no in my team so most of the other girls wouldn't bother interacting with me. I'd be forced to run alone as a result of this, which was against the rules because it was dangerous for running three to eight miles in the wilderness with little to no cell phone service. My old coach drew attention to the fact that I was in danger and forced other girls to run with me. 
It didn't solve my social life problem, but it made my run safer at least. This new Coach D, however, just wouldn't hear that I wasn't breaking the rules on purpose and that I tried to run with others, but they would find ways to ditch me, leaving me to run back to the starting point by myself. He'd openly harass me for returning alone and breaking the rules no matter how many times I reiterated that it wasn't my choice to run alone. Him and his assistant coaches were also too quick to punish and had no clue how to handle the girl problems girls had. My old coach was a woman and so naturally understood our reproductive cycle and uh, what it can feel like. If someone claimed to have a girl problem, cramp and needed to slow down, he'd heed it and let us walk for a while. When it came to periods, it could either make you run a really good one because of hormones or it would slow you down significantly because of the pain. So it was kind of a wild card in how it would affect you. Some girls would get their periods in the middle of their runs and would need help to get the materials and support they needed. Coach D didn't know how to handle these situations and would crank down on girls and boys that were running too slow for his liking, even if one of the girls had an emergency regarding her girl problems. My distance from him and his assistant coaches grew when one of his assistants berated me for staying in a public restroom for too long along the trail we were running. He literally timed me taking a shit and said that 10 minutes was too long and that I should be taking running more seriously. I called him a creep and he berated me some more, and Coach D never even helped me. In fact, on a different day, he too berated me for having an earbud in when he had an earbud in at the same time. Do as I say, not as I do kind of stuff. I still hung in there after these incidents because I thought they would come out of this new coach funk, like there still might be a chance for me to have a good junior and senior year. All of this reached a breaking point towards the end of my junior year and the beginning of my senior year. I was ditched at a team event and my mother happened to be chaperoning for the team and was driving the two bullies that had taken the only girl that tolerated my existence and ditched me with her. My mum tried to comfort me on the way home in the car, which the bullies overheard and started screaming at my mum about how wrong she was to assume I was telling her the truth about their bullying. The girls also got so loud in the car, my mum could barely focus on driving. So she finally raised her voice and told them to shut up or she might crash. When we got home, my mum had an email from one of the bully's mums and it tore her and I to shreds, calling her belligerent and threatening for telling the little shits to pipe down and that she'd be going to the coaches to report both her for being threatening and me for being a pathetic liar. I posted about this event a long time ago on r slash entitled parents. The coaches treated me even worse following this incident, having sided with the bully's mother. Still, I did my thing and ran, but with little to no support, I struggled to get any enjoyment out of running anymore. There was one more thing I was clinging on to at this point. The chance to be a captain my senior year. I have a natural will to guide and redirect, and I became a little bit of a mentor figure for the younger runners, especially when they had issues the coaches couldn't fix. Usually it would be the captains to give most of the knowledge about actually running races, and fun skill facts you can use to win races. And after years of listening to seniors, after seniors of captains telling me the key facts to long distance running, I was confident I could be one too. 
and that maybe that would make me feel good enough to still try to run well for the team. However, as you can tell from the title, that did not happen. They told me the reason was I reacted to bad things too negatively and that I had to work on being more positive before they would make me a captain. I knew what the real reason was, but I just shrugged my shoulders and nodded immediately, proving them wrong. Not like it made a difference. The problem was that the only seniors left were me, one of my bullies, let's call her Azzy, that bitch whined and cried crocodile tears to get the coaches to favor her, and the one girl we'll call Nat. Nat was an inspiration because she had willed herself to be one of the best in the team despite the lack of stability from the coaches and older generations stomping on her. Despite being an inspiration, she was not confrontational and wasn't a very good leading figure. She focused on herself and made herself better, but she struggled to be a support for the younger girls where it really mattered and would just try to spread her knowledge by action alone. That wouldn't be so bad if she wasn't the only captain the girls could rely on because God knows a bully like Azzy wouldn't help them. Oh yeah, of course the coaches made my bully a captain, but not me despite sticking with this biased crap show for four years, with the only other person to do that being Nat. I wasn't the best runner at this point, but I was far from the worst. So we have two bad, unbalanced leading figures to give advice on how to warm up and run races to the younger runners, with me being the only senior denied the title of captain. What were they thinking? If I had to guess, maybe they assumed I would just keep guiding the other girls and help them and let the other two seniors take credit for it. Well, guess what? I'm not a captain. Cue malicious compliance. I continued to run in the team, but only did for my own personal pleasure. I forced myself to no longer think of the team and leave it to the ones who were named captain. Sure, if one of the girls had an emergency, especially with girl problems, or became lost and came to me for help, I'd be a decent human and help them. But if they were asking for help with anything else or wanted to know something that I knew, I told them to go to Nat or Azzy. After all, I wasn't a captain. Sometimes they would come back and ask me again, saying that the other two weren't helpful. That's when I'd suggest joining track and field instead, where I was, in fact, made captain for my dedication, knowledge and skill, and where the support group was much more promising. Sure, the track and field team wasn't perfect, but the cross-country team had fallen so far from where they were in terms of caring for each other that the other team looked like the pearly white heaven gates in comparison. They'd most likely still be able to run the same way too, just with better support as well as more exciting and less tedious workouts. The coaches started wondering out loud most days why so many girls were quitting, completely ignoring the fact that they were offering less and less support and Azzy and Nat couldn't pick up the slack. Meanwhile, I thrived in track and field and saw the other girls that had quit cross-country excel and find new passions in hurdles, long jump, high jump, discus, shot put and pole vaulting. I was able to guide them as a captain there and our track and field team kicked the world's ass until Covid came to kick ours, but that's another story. The coaches finally figured out what was going on during one of our last meets. 
I believe it was the semi-finals, if memory serves, a very important meet. As we were getting ready, as he wanted to warm the girls up using a path I knew would be risky. When I say risky, I mean there's a really good chance to get carried away or overworked yourself for a warm-up, or be too far away from the actual meet to hear the announcements in case your race comes sooner than expected. Nat didn't have the initiative to argue, and so they went that way. I decided to go a different way that would be safer. I was going to be ditched anyway and returned back to our tent to find I was the only one who made it back. No big deal, we still had a long wait until our race was on, except no, wait. The time of our race had changed and it was now in 20 to 15 minutes. 15 minutes till the gun usually meant we'd go up and do drills on the starting line before the huddle, and then start of the race. So, I went ahead and finished my drills rather quickly. It was now 5 minutes till the gun, and the others still weren't there. It was time for the huddle and the coaches to give their pep talk. The coach D ran up to me with a panicked look in his eyes and asked frantically where the other girls were, and why they weren't with me. I simply shrugged and said, I don't know, I'm not the captain. The girls made it there, exhausted, one minute before the gun. They didn't really have a girls team the next year. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for another episode. I hope you enjoyed that one. I will be certain to see you in the next one. So until then, peace out. Take care. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.